I am Edward Howard. I am not the normal person who preaches up here. They let me do this every once in a while, and as Josh said, I usually try to weasel out of the ones that are two services, so I only have one. Um, How many of you are messed up? Yeah? Oh, Children's Church. I'm sorry. I have it written down here in bold letters, too. (laughs) Oh, man. That's always so fun to see that rush. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's half of the people in this audience. Okay, I'm Edward Howard. And I asked that question, are you messed up or do you have a messed up life for a reason? Number one, I'm probably chief. Number two, if you do, you're at home here because we are a church of messed up people. And like I said, you're home here. Um, oh, I was going to tell another little joke here. If you want to think about messed up. Josh came in to me this morning and he said, you got your Britney Spear on? And he was talking about this thing right here. I'm going, boy, that's an image I want to burn out of my mind. (laughs) Okay, we've been studying the Lord's Prayer where Jesus has been teaching us to pray to God our Father. And this series that we've been doing is called Pray This Way. Now to get into this, I want to set up a little bit of a scene for you. We're in Jerusalem, Galilee, and the Jordan River area, and what is now modern-day Israel. And this is fairly early in Jesus' public ministry. And there have been people gathering around him, following him all over the place. He moves to a higher spot on the hillside, and he starts to speak to the crowd. And this crowd's very curious about what this man has to say. They've never met anyone like this. They've either heard the rumors that he's healing people and he's delivering people from demons and all of this, or they've actually seen him do it. And they're wondering, who is this guy? What is he going to say next? So Jesus begins to teach the crowd. And Matthew records this in his book in the New Testament in chapters 5, 6, and 7. And I would highly recommend you read that with the idea that this is Jesus' treatise on how God meant life to be lived. In addition to all of what he's trying to teach us about life, he's going to teach us how to pray. So let's look at Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And if you, if you want to look at a Bible, there's some underneath your seats. Their brown Bibles look like this. It's on page 916. Is this thing turned on? What do I need? Just push the button. Ah, there we go. So <laughs> Jesus says, pray this way then. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now we've talked about the first six and a half verses of this, or lines of this prayer. So if you've missed any of the previous sermons, or you just like to review, I would suggest that you, or I highly recommend that you download our free podcast, and it, they're located on gunnisonbethany.com. Two weeks ago, Tom spoke about the first half of the sentence that I'm going to talk about today. And lead us not into temptation. And I'm going to talk about the second half of that sentence, but deliver us from evil. So I think in this phrase that Jesus is teaching us how to ask God the Father to deliver us from the evil of ourselves, the evil of the world, and the evil of Satan, or the evil one. And I want to expand a little bit on each of these ideas. The first thing that I notice when I just look at the simple sentence structure here, my English actually, I remember some of that from high school English, is that we see Jesus asking God the Father to deliver us from evil, and it is connected to lead us not into temptation by that little conjunctive word, but. Okay? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And Tom's message two weeks ago gave us several what he called temptation hacks, or how to over ways to overcome temptation. Overcome the temptation that will eventually destroy us. I listened to the podcast from two weeks ago, several times before I actually prepared all of this. I remember in that message that Tom said, and we all know it's true, that we are bad at overcoming temptation. And we fail most of the time and fail miserably. And what, next, what happens next is our lives usually become a hot mess. Our lives get messed up. I know that's true in my life. And how many of the rest of you know it's true in your life too? So I think at first glance, we might say that Jesus is teaching us that we can and should ask God the Father to deliver us from ourselves when we give in to temptation. If we're truly honest with, yourself, with ourselves, we know that we are the cause of most of our problems in life. When we give in to temptation, it's because in our own hearts and minds, we're saying, my way is better than your way, God. And any time we usurp God's authority like this, that's what we call sin. Sin leads to the destruction of our lives. Relationships, our bodies, our finances, and on and on until it eventually leads to death. And I believe that this is the very nature of evil. It's death and destruction of the life that God has truly intended for us. Let's look at James... 1, 14 through 15. But each of us is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. When that lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. So Jesus teaches us to ask the Father to deliver us from the evil of ourselves. 
or the evil of our sin. We do this by repenting. That word repent is not a real popular word. It has a negative connotation to many of us. Too many of us have been beat over the head with repent, repent, repent. But repent really just means change your mind, change your direction, which makes sense. It's sin that got you into the mess or sin that got me into this mess. And the sin was caused by my own desire. So it would follow that maybe I need to change the way I think, change the way I do things. Maybe I should follow God's directions. But the key in there is that we've got to want to change. Because if we don't, we keep up an endless cycle of giving into a temptation, getting our life in a mess, and then somehow maybe we get a little bit out of it, and then we go right back to it. Life gets good, we go right back to it, we get into a mess again. And this is true whether you're a believer in Jesus Christ or not. You cycle through all these kind of things time after time after time. You say, I want to give this up. It doesn't, you know, you may be strong for a day, two days, but then you you go right back to it. I have friends who are alcoholics, and they tell me it's a cycle like that. The second thing I want to kind of talk about is deliver us from the evil of this world. This is a second takeaway that I got from here. We all know that there's evil in this world. And as we contemplate it, I think most of us realize that it's perpetrated by individuals in this world. I don't think any of us have any trouble naming a person that we knew was truly evil. And to be... When I read this, to be completely honest with you, the first thing that pops into my head is this thought. Why does God allow evil people to exist in the first place? And to be even more honest, I'm going to admit, I don't know. I've talked to God about this. I've prayed about it. I've read about it. I've studied it. And I still can't say I know. I have ideas. I have thoughts. All this, but I don't know. But I know this, it's an age-old question that mankind has struggled with since the beginning of cognitive thought. Not only that, there are divisions within the churches as to the answer of this question. And now it's going to seem like I'm going to duck this question. But I'm not because I don't think that's what Jesus is teaching us here. And if we focus only on that question, I think we miss that point. Let's look at Jesus' words again. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I think that Jesus is purposefully saying it this way because he acknowledges there is evil in this world. He knows there's evil in this world. The good news is, Well, let me say this again. In John 16, I didn't get that one up there, but I'll just say it then. John 16, 33, this is Jesus talking. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. 
in the world, you will have tribulation. Tribulation is probably just another substitute for evil. You're going to experience evil in this world. So I don't think Jesus is ducking out that this world isn't evil. It's evil. But take courage. I have overcome the I have overcome the world. And I think that Jesus gives us the answer in this right here as to how God the Father will deliver us from evil in this world. Jesus has told us, he says, I have overcome the world. And because of that, we can have peace and courage. And I don't want to in any way minimize the pain that we feel from the evil people in this world or that we've suffered in this world. But I hope you stay with me just a little bit because I'll circle back around to this a little bit. The third thing that I take away is deliver us from Satan. And you say, I didn't say deliver us from Satan up there. And so far I've only talked about the evil in this physical world, the evil we cause ourselves and the evil that other people put on, bring on to us. But just as God is spirit... There is also an opposition to God that is in spiritual nature. I'm going to digress a little bit. The original book of Matthew, where I'm pulling this from, was written in Greek. So any English version that we read is a translation from the Greek. Now this may shock you, but I do not read Greek. So when I prepare to teach... I always read multiple versions to get a better understanding. Some versions, like the one I'm using today, the Ameri- New American Standard, translate this phrase, deliver us from evil. Other translations render the phrases, deliver us from the evil one. Now, this makes me curious. Which is it? Deliver us from evil, deliver us from the evil one. And like I said, not being a Greek scholar, I immediately... Asked my friend Brad Swigert, who is a minister in Oklahoma and reads Greek forwards and backwards. And he said, both. Both are correct. Deliver us from evil, deliver us from the evil one. I don't understand, but I, I trust his judgment because he says so. But this translation and interpretation brings me to the final point. Jesus is also teaching us to ask God the Father to deliver us from the evil one or deliver us from Satan. Now, you might have just zoned out on me here. You're going, eh, he's talking about Satan now. They're going to say Satan behind a bush everywhere over here and there and all that. No. But I know that in our culture, in the United States, We're so tied in to the physical, what we can observe, what we can see, that we kind of dismiss this idea of an actual evil being personified as Satan as kind of medieval, unlightening thinking. Is there a devil? Does Satan really exist? Well, I follow Jesus, and he's my teacher, and so I'm going to look to what he has to say. And this is what he says. Jesus calls him, Satan, the enemy, the evil one, the prince of the world, a liar, and the father of lies, a murderer. 
In addition, Jesus says he saw him, Satan, fall from heaven. That Satan has a kingdom. That evil men are his sons. That he has angels, which we refer to as demons. And that he has been judged. There is an eternal fire, eternal fire prepared for him. Now the Apostle Paul helps us kind of put all of this together. And in Ephesians... 6.12, he says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. He's telling us that our struggle is against Satan and the world that he has created here, the world of evil. And while we bear the responsibility for giving in to temptations, circling back to the first point, to deliver us from the evil in ourselves, who is the origination of this temptation? It's Satan. And why do I say that? Because Jesus tells us in John 10.10, the thief, which is Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Remember I started off the whole sermon or the whole talk here saying, are we messed up? Yeah, our lives are messed up. That's where it's coming from. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. So we ask God, the Father, to deliver us from ourselves, the evil of ourselves. In addition, in addition, Jesus had said, the evil, of the, men, the evil men of this world are sons of Satan. Deliver us from the evil of this world. And ultimately, deliver us from the evil one. And this is where it gets kind of heavy for me. How can I, in my own strength, deliver myself from evil or the evil one? And the answer is, I can't. And that's part of the reason why Jesus teaches us in this prayer. Ask God the Father to help you, deliver you from evil. Deliver you from the evil one. How's God going to do that? And the good news, Jesus Christ already has. Delivered us from the evil one. Delivered us from evil. Jesus has overcome the world. Listen to some more of Jesus' words. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome death. Remember I said, temptation leads to sin. Sin leads to destruction of our lives and death. Jesus has overcome death. And he says again, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. These are Jesus' words. I have the authority to lay it down. 
and I have the authority to take it up again. That sounds like someone who has power over death. Jesus Christ. And I already said, Satan has already been judged. Right before Jesus' death on the cross, he's talking to his disciples. Because I go to the Father, you will no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Remember I said Jesus said he's, he's already been judged. He will spend eternity in a lake of fire. And most importantly, Jesus has already overcome your sins and failures. You're giving in to temptation. In John 5, 24, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes him, God the Father, who sent me has eternal life. That doesn't mean life for a hundred years. That doesn't mean life for a thousand years. That means life eternal. Life, not death, life. And does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. Jesus' words. And this is the whole meaning when we talk about Jesus dying on the cross. He's taken the judgment due us from our sin and our failures onto his own back, onto himself. And he was put onto the cross and it died there with him. And then three days later, he has the authority to take up his own life again. He rises. He's conquered death. And if you're not a believer, and if you get nothing else out of this morning, please understand that God loves you so much that he made a way to deliver you from evil. And give you life forever. Jesus also says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In a few more minutes, we'll close the service. And if you really feel God kind of tugging at your heart, come on up, talk to me, or find me after the service. Talk to Josh in the back, or Paul's over here. My wife is here. Talk to any of us, you guys. You know, well, you'll be up there. But <laughs> they can interrupt you, I suppose, if you wanted to. Just talk to us. We'll talk to you more about this Jesus fellow. And if you are a believer, then I have a challenge for us too. Are we praying this way? Are we truly praying for God to deliver us from evil? Some of us live some messed up lives and we're believers. Are we praying God deliver us from evil? Are we repenting? Or are we merely saying, God, fix this little situation in my life that I got myself into because I kind of want to continue to go down this road, my own desires? Remember I said repent, change your mind, 
turn around, follow God's way, because God says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? That's where life is. That's where victory is. That's where celebration is. At our elder meetings last Thursday night, we talked about the fact that there are so many people in our community who are hurting, who have messed up lives. There's so many people who need God to deliver them. What are we as a church going to do about it? Well, I will raise my hand as the first one who needs to repent. And I have been repenting the rest of this week that God would make me bolder. That God would give me a heart for those people who need Him so desperately, who need turnaround in their lives. And I'd ask you to ask God for the same thing. And I'm not trying to scold or guilt anybody. I just want, I just have that, that desire in my heart to reach out to those people who are hurting. Pam and I and you and Sherry and um, I'm, my mind's going blank, Michelle and several other people went to a seminar yesterday called Celebrate Recovery. Absolutely wonderful. And the first thing you might think of when you hear Celebrate Recovery is it's all a bunch of addicts or people getting delivered from alcohol or drugs or something like that. But it's much, much more than that. It is the power of Jesus Christ, and it is strictly the power of Jesus Christ, delivering people from, you name it, um, what's the one that I keep forgetting? Codependency. That's, I'm a male. We don't think codependency exists in our world. But, <laughs> but there's codependencies. There's pornography. I know myself. I have been delivered from pornography. There is alcohol, drugs. There's sexual abuse. Anything like that. And so what I'm asking and challenging us as a church is let's reach out to this community and let's grab those people that are hurting. We have the answer, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ comes to heal us and give us eternal life. So if you are interested in any manner or any way, then talk to Amanda. We've not yet completely started up this Celebrate Recovery, but... If you're messed up in some way and you've been delivered by Jesus Christ, we want you. If you're messed up and you haven't been delivered, we probably want you too. In fact, we do. Because we are going to be a church about healing. We are going to be a church that brings back life. We are going to ask God to deliver us from evil. And we're going to mean it. So, if you want to Go ahead and come up. And if you want to come up and talk to me or Pam or any of the rest of us about anything, if you want to come up and just pray and say, God, give me a heart for the people that are hurting in this world, then come right on up. Never be ashamed to come up here. It's not people coming up here who have problems all the time. I've had probably half the time people come up here, they're praying for me. And I, it just is precious to me that they would do that. So as we get ready to close up,
Come on up.